Sir, the enemy is here, and it might be the greatest threat humanity has ever faced. What is it? The Forerunners? The Flood? No, sir. It's the Grunts! Mother of God. Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and universes of our favorite video games. I'm Jaden. And I'm Connor. And I have stumbled upon the greatest discovery of all time. The most terrifying thing in the world. I've been investigating it for weeks now, and I cannot wait to share with you my discoveries. Connor, are you excited? I, I, I can't wait. I, you've, been, you've been talking me up on this for, for weeks now, and I, I am so excited to hear what you've uncovered. I mean, this has got to be some sort of earth-shattering secret you've you've come across and unearthed I, I please enlighten us what what is this uh what is this devastating knowledge you've you've come up with the grunts are actually the most terrifying and devastating race in the halo universe you're, I know it's crazy you're, right you're, you're, you're serious I'm absolutely serious, serious. Right there listen I feel like Charlie Day and always sunny in <laughs> Philadelphia I've got the cork board on the wall with all the strings and the lines going to it and I just got to tell you about the grunts, all right? I just got to tell you about the grunts. Can we talk about the grunts today, Jaden? I've been dying to talk to you about the grunts all day. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Where do, where do you want to start? Let's start with the physical attributes of the grunts themselves. Now, I know what you're thinking. When you see them in your first Halo game, you're like, what is this small creature just crawling around on the ship and firing that pathetic plasma weapon at me? But here's the thing. You are thinking about it from the wrong perspective. You're thinking about him from the perspective of the Master Chief, the ultimate super soldier warrior who fears nothing and knows all in the ways of devastation. I want to take it over from the perspective of the average soldier. The Grunt, or Ugnoi as they're known in their native tongue, show some respect, they are five foot six on average, so they're roughly smaller than human size, but they're stocky and bulky. They're very much like tiny but super strong, strong men. Their physical abilities to actually bully their way through enemies is what made them so sought after in Covenant races. In fact, uh, during when they were first integrated into the Covenant themselves, they actually weren't even bothered to give weapons. The Covenant just didn't give them any weapons because they figured these guys are so strong, they could just bowl through any enemy force we see. And then the elites would come in and mop up anybody they missed. Interesting. So you're saying... You're basically saying they're diminutive but tenacious. They they have a a strength that isn't obvious on the exterior. Absolutely, they are tiny, but they are mighty. Okay, and part part of part of the uh, where you're coming from with this is that, of course, Master Chief, you know, a heavily enhanced cyborg super soldier. Basically, he can. He can crack these guys in half without breaking a sweat, but a normal human being would have a much tougher time killing a grunt hand-to-hand. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. And in fact, when you see them uh, coming in swarms in some games like ODST, uh, you see it from the perspective, they're a lot bigger than you would think. And even then, you're a special forces soldier. The grunts always tend to give your marine counterparts a really hard time in the game. That's why you sometimes have to go and rescue them and help them out. I suppose they, 
I guess when we when we look at it as the player, we see the grunts as kind of the lowest of the rung because there are even more terrifying enemies above them in the chain of command. Like compared to the elites and especially the hunters or brutes, grunts aren't much to write home about. I think I see what you're saying though. From the Master Chief's perspective, yeah, like 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 you mentioned, the grunts are not a threat to him. But to a normal Marine, they're considerable. I will I will put this to you. I will admit that for a trained, well-equipped, reasonably experienced UNSC Marine, who's probably fought the Covenant for a while at this point, a single grunt or even a small group of grunts, they're a reasonable threat that they can deal with. They're probably on par with other humans. Like if the UNSC Marines are fighting insurgents or other armed humans, I think the grunts, you could say, are a comparable threat. Just if you consider all the factors of not just physicality, but tactical ability, kind of intelligence, uh, ability to think critically, ability to utilize different weapon systems and be creative with them. I think if you combine all those X factors, I would still posit to you that a grunt and a human is a roughly even matchup. Definitely not the same kind of matchup you have between Master Chief and a grunt. Would that sound fair? Absolutely. And it's very interesting that you, you when you pointed out uh, a human versus a single grunt or a fire team, you know, like the ODSTs, they can handle, I believe you said a small number of grunts. Yeah, maybe like a, I, the Covenant has these terms, a uh, lance and file. I believe a file is between two and, like, you know, one to three grunts, maybe a jackal or two. A lance is a, is a larger group, like five to eight or something, something like that. So I think I think a fire team of Marines, you know, three or five, you know, a handful of Marines could handle a lance or even a, a file or even a lance full of grunts. No problem. It's very interesting that you say that because um, the, the thing about the grunts, we're not even getting into the, the size of them. But we'll put that aside for a second. Um, the other thing you have to know about these uh, grunts is their incredible survivability. It turns out the Ognoi, uh, they actually um, have the kind of scary ability to eat pretty much anything. You see, their their basic uh, physiology means that they have to breathe and survive on methane, which is literal waste to almost 90% of any other species in the known galaxy. True, true. Methane is highly toxic to anyone but them, and they actually can survive a little bit without it. And if they need more methane, they just have to find some waste. <laughs> Which means they can literally turn your own poop against you. That's a that's a great point. I've never I've never considered, nor have I ever wanted to consider. But you're making me consider it, and I hate you for that. But, <laughs> but good point. Well done. So yeah, there is something to be said for their hardiness. They they have a survivability aspect of them. They're more resilient than they may seem. I think maybe they're inherent cowardliness when faced with overwhelming odds especially you know obviously a example being the master chief himself they seem to run away from trouble but if they all things being equal if they are willing to face the challenge they have a an outsized ability to do so more more so than you might give them credit for at first glance that's a that's fair that's a fair perspective and the other thing too is we tend to think of grunts as these mindless stupid you know, kind of crazy creatures. But you also have to bear in mind that the grunt itself is actually a highly intelligent creature. It's capable of complex speech, which actually cannot be said for all members of the Covenant. We see that the, the hunters, for instance, or the engineers, 
they're actually not capable of any sort of speech that we can actually quantify on a level. But the grunts are able to communicate in several languages, not only their own, but also their own grunt language as well. That's true. Uh, so they're able to communicate, and they also are able to handle a lot of complex machinery. It's actually very surprising that uh, you seem to find grunts whenever you're encountering them in the Halo universe. Uh, yes, a lot of them handle plasma pistols, but you tend to only really fear the ones where you walk up and you see them holding, what's that? A plasma cannon, <laughs> which has the ability right. to take down heavy armor. Right. They, they also are very fond of plasma grenades, uh, which I, you know, I assume are fairly simple to use if a grunt can use it, but they, they, have, a, they have a kamikaze bombing technique that they like to use on you. Um, exactly. And you know, as every great uh, Japanese shinobi general in World War II will tell you, the kamikaze is not a coward's tactic. <laughs> That's right. It takes a lot of balls to blow yourself up. Exactly. Well and, you, and every once in a while you're fighting the grunt and you're like, oh, wow, look at this. I mean, it's easy for me to mow down all these seven or eight grunts. And all of a sudden you hear from behind you, click. And that one grunt has decided that he will end you. Or die trying. Or exactly. Both. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's true. It's, you know, you do often also see uh, grunts driving ghosts, uh, the hovercraft fast attack vehicle of the Covenant. Um, I can't I can't pretend to know how exactly complex it is to pilot a vehicle like that. I don't know if it's so easy a toddler could do it or if it's a you know a feat of engineering mastery that I could never hope to achieve. But you know, all that being said, they they seem to pilot ghosts with considerable agility. They seem to know their way around those vehicles one way or another. So they do have the capacity to learn practical combat skills like that, which are very useful. Exactly. And, you know, it's one of those things where, so you add in all this, you've got the incredible survivability, the incredible strength and physique of them and their ability to, uh, to problem solve and think on their own. I've got one more thing for you. Uh, most important thing about the grunts is that they fuck. <laughs> they get down. That's very true. The grunts are actually able to, on average, lay about 20 eggs in a clutch. And so if you think about it, each mating pair, they actually had a huge problem when they were first introduced into the covenant is that they would breed like crazy. They would breed so much that eventually the covenant had to pass strict breeding laws that meant that only those who actually performed well in combat or in their duties as a grunt were allowed to mate and create offspring. That meant that becoming a breeder in the Ugnoi society was actually one of the greatest honors you could ever achieve because you weren't allowed to breed willy-nilly because that caused a lot of problems. So that kind of plays into a key uh, advantage that the grunts have, which is the power of numbers. When they are deployed against the enemies of the Covenant, it's always in kind of wave tactics or quantity over quality but like we established you can get quality occasionally out of grunts but the numbers advantage the numerical advantage is normally their main leverage over an enemy i think that's fair to say yes and you know i put all these pieces together and it made me think um you know it'd be really cool if we could see the damage that a fully unleashed grunt army could do and then it hit me we actually have seen that. It was called the Grunt Rebellion. It's mentioned in the game Halo 2. 
So you dive deeper into it and you find out that at one point, the Grunt army was so disgruntled with their role and their place in the covenant that they actually rose up against their covenant masters. And I know what you're thinking, well, it probably wasn't that hard. You know, you got the brutes, you've got the elites, you've got uh, the, the hunters, you've got all this. They can surely take down these grunts. No, the war <laughs> was actually so horrific and so devastating that we see the creation of Master Chief's counterpart for the first time. The Grunt Rebellion, not any other events, is what made the Arbiter come into being. The Prophets saw them as such a grave threat that they had to create a soldier so powerful that his only role was to go into the harshest of environments and die trying to save the Covenant. The Grunts are the ones who almost broke what humanity could only run from. One thing I would say in response to that is you mentioned how the grunts kind of do or almost do what the humans failed to do. And that's a, that's a fair point. But I think you would have to contend with the, uh, the historical precedent. That is, an empire is much, much easier to crumble from within than from without. I think when the grunts attack from the inside, you know, sowing chaos and discord among the covenant from within the own from from within their own ranks that is kind of by definition going to have more of an effect than the external enemy all right folks we're gonna take a quick break please stay tuned and we'll be right back hey it's a i'm a producer and host here at lore party this is the time I'd normally take to talk about sponsors, so maybe I'd tell you about that particular mattress company, or I'd let you know about this delivery service that brings easy-to-cook meals right to your doorstep. But since we don't have any sponsors, I figured I would just take this time to tell you about the series that I produce here on the show. My co-host Brett and I produce episodes about The Witcher. We deep dive into the lore and the stories and the characters of both the games and the books. So if that sounds like your cup of tea, be sure to check out the Lore Party feed and look for the Witcher episodes. Okay, enough of me interrupting this episode, back to what you were actually here to listen to. I want to take a look at the entire case you've built so far. You're saying that because of all these factors, that if all of the circumstances were correct, like the uh, the prophets and the elites weren't a factor, that the grunts were completely left to their own devices, but they were allowed to develop a you know starfaring society, and there were no other obstacles to them kind of reaching the stars and making contact with humanity, and then a war broke out between humanity and the grunts. You're saying in that scenario, that specific scenario where the Covenant doesn't exist, but the grunts and the humans fight, you're saying that the humans are screwed. Is that correct? Is that what you're saying? That is correct. And actually, I have precedent for why I'm saying this as well. In the book, Cole Protocol, have you read Cole Protocol? The Cole Protocol. Yes, I have. So if you'll recall, uh, the main enemy or uh, obstacle of that book is that uh, the humans stumble across what appears to be an entire asteroid just stuffed to the absolute brim with grunts who have been allowed to breed with abandon. And there was actually the plan of a Kigyar, or Jackal, to launch said asteroid directly at Earth, whereon the asteroid would impact the Earth, 
and literally spill open with horny grunts. <laughs> who would then charge out and literally overwhelm humanity. This jackal literally looked at the war and said, okay, why did the Grunt Rebellion fail? Oh, it's because we didn't give them weapons. You've got to remember that prior to the Grunt Rebellion, the Grunts were so low on the totem pole, they did not have weapons. And they actually were not a part of Sanghili squadrons. You did not see elites working with Grunts. The idea was that you send the Grunts in first, then the elites come and mop everything up afterwards. The Grunts were so powerful and so battle-hardened and so good at their rebellion that it actually gave the elites pause and that gave them a newfound respect for the Grunts. The Grunts earned the respect of the elites, which is not an easy task to do. So you're basically saying that I think I'm, I think I'm seeing a pattern here, or I think I am seeing a, an interesting point beneath the point you're making, is that before the Grunt Rebellion, the Grunts were sent into combat alongside the Covenant unarmed. They were the first wave. They were kind of the, uh, the cannon fodder that was sent in to soak up enemy fire and just overwhelm them with sheer numbers. Yes. And then after the Grunt Rebellion, after earning the respect of the elites, they were armed organized and trained into professional military formations. They were actually made into legitimate soldiers rather than just uh, wave tactic cannon fodder. And that's the form that they took on the field of battle against humans in the human covenant war. Are you saying that if the grunt rebellion hadn't happened, or if maybe grunts were never organized into the, the fighting force we see in the Halo games, they were left in their original formation of, or the original use of being just thrown in waves at the enemy. Do you think that would have worked better against the human forces than arming them and organizing them? Do you think that they would have been more effective in their original use than in the use that was given to them after the Grunt Rebellion? Do you think that humanity would have lost the war then? Here's the craziest thing. I actually do, because one of the stipulations after the Grunt Rebellion was that thing that I previously discussed, the limits on reproduction. Before this, the Grunts were literally encouraged to breed with no limits because the Covenant thought, oh, hey, there's just more people we could throw into our, our little wood chipper here <laughs> and right. whittle down any opponents we have. But then they realized, oh, crap, what if we're the opponents? <laughs> right. And I really do think that in allowing the grunts to become a bigger part of their society and you know allowing them to have weirdly enough uh, more more level footing which they did not their their record within the covenant is actually terrible uh the grunts you still read uh, in fact in the game halo wars you read a hollow log about how uh, a new grunt waiter had to be sent up to the brute chieftain's cabin because he killed the other one when his dinner did not come with the appropriate dipping sauces on the side. <laughs> that is not a healthy and happy society, and that is not what the grunts uh, died in the rebellion for, to be killed over various dipping sauces. His, his, ten, his tenders didn't come with honey mustard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's almost as if the grunts were at their best when they were allowed to multiply with reckless abandon, with no restraints at all, and they were thrown at the enemy in mass in tidal waves of screaming, chittering, clawing alien flesh. It's almost like by 
raising them up to the level of legitimate soldier, arming, training, and organizing them, they've a- the, ha- the Covenant actually handicapped the grunts in some ways. In some ways, but you have to consider, like I said before, the, the breeding aspect of it, I believe, is the only thing that has handicapped them at all. Right, because that, that was I, the big thing. Yeah. In, in, my, in my mind, what would have happened if, the, if no restrictions on their breeding had actually happened? Uh, this would have happened again. They would have been elevated to the rank of uh, equals within the Covenant, and then they would have just continued multiplying and multiplying and multiplying. But this time, with the added benefit of having grunts among them who have access to weapons, access to vehicles, equipment, and some level of military intelligence. And training, yeah, that's right. And not even training, just actual like intelligence assets that they would be able to use. Oh, that too, yeah. And I do really, I honestly do believe that the Grunt Rebellion, its longest lasting legacy was that it stunted the Grunt growth. And I do really believe that if they were allowed to continue to flourish, oh my God, I don't think that anything could have stopped them. Could you imagine a planet being attacked by two billion Ugnoi just crashing in, in from a meteor, spilling out energy weapons firing? And, and finding piles of alien methane, our sewer systems would become their buffet lines. That's a good point. They, it, would, it would be all you can eat. That's right. Uh, and Humans would, are disgusting people. We literally poop out what they breathe. <laughs> they, can, they, can, they can turn our own waste against us, and that's scary as hell. I don't, I don't like to think about that. Um, that's true. I'm really struggling with, though, do you really think that humans wouldn't find some strategic way around the asteroid tactic or the the grunt wave, the tidal wave of grunt attacks? That you really think that they wouldn't just kind of pull back off the planet's surface and sterilize it from orbit with tactical nukes or kind of intercept the asteroids before they could make contact with the surface? I, I really think that the grunts don't have the tactical ingenuity to maneuver around the new defenses humans would inevitably put up or you know come up with counter strategies to tactics that the humans would easily come up with to defeat wave attacks i mean with the right amount of machine gun coverage and area denial weaponry like artillery missiles flamethrowers you could easily deal with that kind of thing i mean you'd eventually run out of ammo and be forced to abandon the position move back but i'm really not seeing kind of a complete you know, devastation on humanity's part from the grunts themselves. If it was just the grunts, I, I don't think they could pull it off. So I know you're thinking that, uh, but here's the thing that you have to also consider. Uh, what you just said is the exact same thing that every single general says in a zombie apocalypse movie. <laughs> they go, oh, well, there's not enough of them. We got plenty of ammo. All we have to do if we lose this position is fall back to the next position, reload, and we can do it. And then next thing you know, there's a screen that says three weeks later and the cities are abandoned and there's weird shambly guys walking around and the the newspaper floats across the screen as our survivor wakes up and goes, I've got to find my family. (laughs) Directed by Danny Boyle. Exactly. I I, I, I hear what you're saying, but the thing is grunts aren't, you know, grunts don't need to be shot in the head to be killed. They are just as susceptible to fire or shrapnel or even just uh finding a chemical counterpart to methane i, that can... I know where you're going with this i'm going to stop you right there you're going so, to tell yeah. me that the flood are a much more dangerous adversary than the grunt 
I was thinking that, yes, I was going to get there. Um, I would like, I, I, I would love to hear your explanation for why the grunts are a greater threat than the flood. Um, it's actually very simple. Um, the flood is only truly effective, and we see this in several adaptations, when they have a presence of a grave mind with them. A grave mind can only form when the flood have absorbed enough genetic material, enough minds and souls to create a host that has enough overall intelligence to control the flood itself. They need, they need intelligence to feed and build themselves up into a stronger force. The thing is, the grunts actually already have that level of intelligence. We see them being able to operate. You, you, you only rarely see the flood operating things that their hosts knew how to use when they were alive. Whereas the grunts, they actually are able to uh, use and access pretty much everything in their surroundings right off the bat. You know, from the time a grunt is old enough to hold a weapon, it already has an advantage over the flood. Hmm. Okay. But even when the flood is still in the feral stage, I, I believe there is a series of stages that flood life forms kind of organize themselves through. They start out in the feral stage where infection forms just kind of seek out any nearby uh, organism with a complex enough neural system to latch onto and take control of. Let's, let's just say, let's say there's like a, uh, you know, let's take your asteroid example. Let's say there's a, there's some sort of planetary body, like a large asteroid full of grunts and they live in the tunnels or the chambers or whatever inside a single flood infection form, like that little spore thing that runs around. All it would take is one of those to latch onto a grunt that grunt turns into an infection form, you know, those big bulbous bastards that split open. And I, I, you would have a chain reaction. The grunts wouldn't know how to respond to it. Sure, they can shoot at it, but we know that they're not the best shots in the world. They can, I just, I'm not seeing it. I, I, if the forerunners themselves and ancient humanity could barely keep up with flood infections that spread from galaxy or from star system to star system, I don't see the grunts faring much better. And that, that's like you said, it would take a grave mind to organize the flood on a, you know, on a galactic level or on a planet to planet level, but it doesn't have to start out that way. It starts out with just a few infection forms. You assimilate enough grunts. You can, you assimilate a few hundred grunts. I don't know, maybe an asteroid's worth. You have enough for a proto grave mind to start forming and then organizing the flood to bigger and better targets. Are you a fan of Futurama? Yes, I love you, Trauma. Um, you're you're aware of Philip J. Fry and his encounter with the big brains? Yes. And how uh, they can't seem to read his mind because of how dumb he is? Yes. I posit to you that actually might be an advantage for the grunts themselves because they do not possess any super high intelligence levels. A, a couple of them occasionally do. What I'm saying to you right now is that I believe that the grunts are just smart enough that they're too dumb to allow a grave mind to be effectively formed. I I take that point. That's interesting. It makes me think of Stargate SG-1. <laughs> I don't know if you ever watched that, but there's that uh, alien race, the Asgard. They they come to peop they come to Earth and they're like, "Hey, we have this problem. Our greatest scientists can't solve it. Um, we think you guys can come up with something because we're not capable of lower level thinking like you guys are anymore." <laughs> it's basically you think Wait, you're saying we're stupid enough to solve a problem for you. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, 
let me address that though. So as my understanding of the flood goes, you know, it's, you know, admittedly it's limited. You, you raise a good point. A grave mind is formed when enough complex, intelligent organisms have been assimilated and kind of coalesced by the flood organisms. Uh, I, I do think that it is a cumulative effect though. I don't think you need to have a certain level of intelligence in the floods victims to eventually form a grave mind. I think it would have to be a certain kind of critical mass. It would have to be a, it's more of a question of quantity than quality, I think. So enough grunts could still give you a grave mind. It might take longer, but like you've said, the grunts breed like crazy. There'd be millions of them available for the flood to assimilate. So yes, but there's also millions be... of them to fight. True, true. And, I, so, and you got to remember that they that when the when the flood is in its feral stage, all it is it is not organized. It is just it is just crawling and looking for the nearest section of food. I believe that the grunts have they you know they have the history of fighting, and they know tact. They do they clearly have tactics. We have seen them doing tactics and such as suicide runs and advanced formations and flight and things like that. So they are actually. I believe capable of dealing with a flood infestation in a lot of ways better than humanity would be because humanity has these simple things like self-preservation. You know, you don't really see many, many human soldiers in throughout the games doing suicide runs. Whereas I think the grunts actually are more capable of that. And they have access to more advanced weapons than what we see in when the humanity encounters the flood. (laughs) You know, I feel like plasma weapons are a lot better than shotguns. The game might disagree, but I feel like plasma is better than the gun that doesn't shoot very far. I disagree uh, because plasma burns the surface of whatever it strikes, whereas physical weapons kind of rupture the surface. You don't want to burn a flood spore. You want to rupture it. That's kind of the that's kind of the prevailing common sense. of. I mean, Actually, <laughs> if we no, can't because, trust uh, the games. In, uh, in Halo 2... Uh, the brute chieftain even says we should have brought flamethrowers. Right. We must burn them. And who has flamethrowers? Humans. Who doesn't have flamethrowers? No, the grunts have flamethrowers. <laughs> what? Where? We see them several times. I don't remember grunt flamethrowers. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to. We'll have to call the ref on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they can come up with incendiary weapons. I'm not. I'm not begrudging that. Anyway, that's that's semantics, like whole ballistic versus plasma thing. Looking beyond that, um, one other thing I want to talk about uh, as far as theoretical threats to humanity that I think are just way beyond the grunts, I want to talk about the precursors really quick. And, you know, the real deep lore nuts like us, you know, people who really dig into Halo lore really deep, they, uh, you might, you might remember that the precursors basically created the forerunners, but they were, they were known as something called a, uh, tier zero civilization there's tier one which that which the forerunners were at at the height of their power the humans were close to tier one before losing the war to the forerunners but precursors were like tier zero they were what's called known as transcentient so intelligent and had such a high level of sentience they could literally bend the fabric of reality to create mega structures made out of antimatter that was not really real but was <laughs> called um called star roads that connected entire star systems together the precursors were capable of such wild shit that we literally can't comprehend what they could do uh and they created several races including the Huragak, the, the engineers and of course the forerunners and 
we also understand that the precursors basically turned themselves into the flood. It's a longer, more complicated story than that. I'm simplifying a lot, but they sort of turned themselves into what would become the flood. And their entire, the whole flood forerunner war was in revenge, basically, because the forerunners overthrew the precursors from their previous position as dominant life forms in the galaxy. I really want to know, you really, <laughs> I'm asking, I'm asking, you know, honestly, you think the grunts are more powerful than the precursors? <laughs> you, you, you're on your hands and knees. Begging I'm begging you, please give me this. <laughs> take the gun away from my head. <laughs> but no, sir, I have, I have made this hill out of the corpses of the mighty Ugnoi, and I will die upon it. Okay, you're telling me with a, you're telling me with a straight face. Grunts are a bigger threat than precursors. We'll just yes, leave it there. And here's okay. Why. <laughs> okay. Because every human has done this. You are doing this right now. Every species in the galaxy has done this. They have underestimated the mighty of Grunt. The Grunt is the creature that kills you the most in any Halo game. More than jackal snipers. Yes, more than jackal snipers, because they're the ones that you don't expect to be the ones that kill you. You see a grunt and you go, oh, I'll just pop its head. I'll get a little birthday cake noise and it'll be great. And go, Yay! And then six of its buddies jump you. <laughs> you underestimate them because they look funny. You underestimate them because they sound funny. Because they are funny. They're very goofy creatures. But at the end of the day, they will be the tools of your destruction. Hey, it's Abu, executive producer of Lore Party. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, maybe take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow the show. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at lore underscore party. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in the next one.